Welcome to the Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Where we investigate how to master and harness the energy of our emotions to regain our power, vitality, confidence, and quality of life. There are tons of websites, books, videos, and courses that speak about changing your thoughts and mindset. You know, three steps to this, nine tips for that. Old school personal development told us that all of our blocks come from the brain and our thinking process. However, new research proves that our thinking and decision making actually comes from our emotions. After all, emotions are energy in motion. Emotions drive our money decisions, life choices, relationships, and even our health and fitness. Having the life of freedom and joy that we all crave requires that we first master our emotional center. Welcome to The Way of the Emotional Warrior. All right, welcome to another episode of The Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. My name is Kai Ennis, and today we have a special guest. His name is Robert Riopel, and he will with his great energy, make us feel a hell of a lot better about who we are. So I would like him to introduce himself. So Robert, welcome. And what's your story, my friend? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, Kai, thanks for having me on. And, and off the recording, I just already love the conversation we're having because it's right in alignment with who I am, everything that seems that you stand for. Because I'm, I'm a good old boy. I live in Alberta, which is farm country, ranch country. And I'll tell you, I grew up with the mindset and the training that when it comes to work, don't worry about enjoying what you do. You find what's a stable job. You find what's going to pay you the most and you do it, whether you like it or not, to take care of your family. And that's what I knew growing up. And when I decided to, out of necessity, ended up becoming an entrepreneur, my family went crazy because they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not secure. What are you going to do? Because that was not their way of being for myself or my wife's family. And we're both the youngest in our families. So everybody's like, you can't be entrepreneurs. You can't do that. And we are blessed enough out of necessity. We, I went from out of necessity becoming a Domino's pizza delivery driver to then out of necessity because the store was about to be sold, becoming a manager of a new store that the, my owner owned. And then out of necessity, because he decided to get out of Domino's Pizza and was selling his two stores, um, not wanting to get laid off because I know managers went first, then becoming a franchisee, mm -hmm. even though we didn't have any money to do it. But one thing <laughs> my wife and I have is we have passion. We have passion, Kai. And if there's something we want to achieve, we'll stumble our way through to figure something out. And, and we are able to actually in about four months of making a lot of mistakes. And I don't call them mistakes. I call them learning curves. I don't call it failure. I call it feedback because, you know, what doesn't work gives you the best lessons of how to adjust and move forward. But most people, they quit because they're like, oh, I'm a failure. Look, that didn't work. And we ended up becoming franchisees and we were franchisees for nine years. And it was like, we've now got it made. Like, oh, and <laughs> we started making, you know, because we were 23 when we became franchisees. Wow. And we, we started making pretty good money. Uh, but our mind, our programming, what you and I were talking about off recording, we were set for spending more money than we were earning. Mm. Because as we started making more money, we had to have all the toys, that yep. instant gratification. And by the time we were franchisees for eight years, we were actually over $150,000 in debt and going down quickly. Wow. And that's when we were actually introduced to personal development. And 
what, how we handle things and why we do and why our mind is. And we went to a powerful three-day weekend, walked in, we had bought it for $600. The only reason we showed up was to get our money back. Because I was like buyer's remorse like crazy because we can't afford $600. we are already $150,000 in debt. You know, thank goodness we stayed. That's so funny. Because we walked out of that weekend with our mindset different. And we put into action what we had learned now that we understood why we handled money the way we did, why we were making the spending decisions we were, why we were deep in debt, took ownership of it, plus letting go of all the crap that was weighing us down. Next thing you know, we ended up going from $150,000 in debt to actually retiring completely financially free nine months later at the age of 32. Wow, that's amazing. And our minds went, this worked. <laughs> and, yeah. and what you just said, it went, wow, because it went, if this information gave us this result, what would more learning do? And for the next two and a half years, my wife and I just dove in and learned from as many masters as we could, because I'm a big believer that don't just learn one way. Mm -hmm. Don't just learn from one person. You can take nuggets of gold from everywhere. And in that two and a half years of just diving in deep, I also discovered my passion which was to teach because I felt if I could even help one person do what my wife and I had done, go from financial struggle, stressed out to financial freedom, it would make it all worthwhile. Um, I ended up becoming a trainer my first four and a half years. I ended up doing over 200 multi-day trainings around North America and then going into Asia for over 200,000 students in that time period, got burnt out. <laughs> wasn't taking care of myself. I was overliving my passion. I decided to take a year off, which turned into three and a half years. And what's interesting, Kai, is that um, when you don't have to work for money, that's one of the reasons that one year became three and a half is because I got comfortable. Right. I got comfortable and some of my old negative non-supportive habits came in. Plus, it was, I did have to do a re, um, I had to get over burnout but because I didn't take care of myself, I actually went through two back surgeries in that time as well because mm -hmm. I herniated a disc not taking care of myself. And so learned a lot of lessons about what to do and what to do <laughs> in that time frame and came out of retirement and said, I'm only going to do 20 trains a year max, no matter where in the world I get used so that I still take six months a year off because mm -hmm. I like my time off. And um, so up until COVID hit, I ended up traveling around the world doing about 19, 20 trainings a year, impact another 300,000 people um, personally in those trainings and just loving what I do, loving, enjoying life and helping as many people as I can. So that's kind of the quick, long, short story of who I am. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Oh, that's lovely. Um, so much of this podcast is about overcoming life's difficulties and developing emotional resistance. Uh, let me rephrase that. That's, it's more so not resistance, but resilience, meaning mm -hmm. that the, the ultimate goal of what I would want someone to get by being in contact with me, with us, okay, in, in, in a, this episode, for example, is to a, believe that emotional freedom is possible. And B, you know, in light of what your story is, can we find 
some tips, you know, as your book behind your right ear says, you know, <laughs> success leaves a clue, right? I mean, what clues, what tips, what tools, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole lot, but is there something that you think is a really good starting spot for someone who finds themselves uh, sort of down and under? You know, we talk about COVID. A lot of people have lost their their compass, their vision of what it is that they yeah. even want to do because my experience, you know, having to do daily Zoom work was that I got to stay home and boy, I'll tell you what, I, I love our place. So being able to be home yes. all of a sudden, yeah, now you got to go back going into the world now that we're opening up, you know, um, no, not so much. I really like being home <laughs> and I, I like what I get to do at home, you know? And yes. so let me, let me narrow down what I'm getting at. So if someone is emotionally stuck, maybe they're just not feeling right. They're not feeling toasty as we used to say. So how, what would you say to them if you met them and you had five to 10 minutes to kind of give them a, I don't know that inspiration and motivation is enough in, in what I'm asking you. What I'm saying yeah. is, is, it, is there something that is sort of clear cut that says, look, as a human being, there are trial and tribulations, but boy, you, you have it as a human being, you have this spark of life now, here it is and activate it. So something along those lines, that's kind of what I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing, Kai, every, in my experience, every person is the same, but so different because it's their perspective of how they look at it that makes the differences. So if I was in a conversation with someone, the first thing I would ask them is to be more gentle with themselves. Because when you talk about emotional, one of the reasons that I've found that people struggle is they, well, how does the saying go? If you had a friend that treated you the way you treat yourself, they wouldn't be your friend for very long. Mm -hmm. But yet we take it from ourselves. And so, A, be more gentle with yourself. B, understand that vulnerability, asking for help. People see that as weakness and because they've been conditioned, they've been told you know, asking for help is a weakness. But if you really truly understand it, you'll notice that vulnerability is a strength. And so if you're willing to ask for the help, it comes in with then surrounding yourself with people. And I've even just had a shift lately myself from a mentor on how I look at things. Because I've always heard and believe, surround yourself with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And from stage, that's what I tell people. How many of you feel blessed that you're in a room full of like-minded people and everybody's like, yeah. And that's what I've always believed until a mentor kind of put it into a new perspective for me. He said it like this. He said, you know, Kai, if you and I and say two or three other people, we wanted to go to the mall and we walked down to the bus stop to wait for the bus. We're all of like mind. We're waiting for the bus. And that bus is just going to take us to the mall. It's not going to make us successful. He says, what you want to surround yourself with is growth-minded people because mm -hmm. the difference between like-minded and growth-minded is a growth-minded person is the one that's going to be willing to not only be there and support you but they're also going to be the one that's willing to have the tough conversations with you if need be maybe even kick you in the ass and say you know quit playing so small why are you why are you not stepping up 
And and this a good example of that is is for me, is my wife. My wife is the reason I am where I am today. And I have no problem saying that. You know, we met when we were 13, we started dating when we were 16, and we got married when we were 19, and we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary. And left to my own devices because of my programming, my upbringing, I would be comfortably miserable in a job because I would stay to the programming. You find something that's secure and something that pays you the best and you stick with it. But she wasn't willing to let me play smaller than I am. And so she's, and even when it's time where she's had to kick me in the ass and say, quit playing small. And even when I resist, because of course, you know, us men, we're so easy to just emotionally move along, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know right. you're laughing because I think you can re- re- resemble that. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there, man. <laughs> and, and so surround yourself with growth-minded people and be selective of who you have around you. So, you know, be gentler with yourself, be willing to ask for help, surround yourself with amazing growth-minded people. And watch what that can do. And then there's two very powerful words that I would suggest people use when they feel that they're stuck. And those words are what's next. And I'll use the example because I can only come from my own life. March 10th, 2020, I landed back in Canada from doing a three-day powerful training overseas in India. March 11th, I got put in lockdown and my world changed because here I am going from doing 200,000 miles of flying a year to all of a sudden all my live events being canceled and I'm now at home. Mm-hmm. And I played the victim at first. I got frustrated, uh, you know, for, but thank goodness we've learned to catch ourselves quickly. It's a practice. And I will right. tell your audience that. Don't think that you learn something. You've got to be great at it right off the bat. It is a practice. And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden when my wife and I realized, okay, things are changing. We asked those two words. We said, what's next? And what's interesting kind of ties into how you started off about loving being at your place. Three years ago, my wife and I had bought a beautiful executive acreage. We had 27 years. We'd always said we want to be back on an acreage or we want to get to an acreage and enjoy life there. And the reason we bought this acreage was with the idea of four, five, six, seven years down the road, building our own training center right on our property. So instead of me traveling around the world, my students would come see me. Mm -hmm. And so we had that plan for another few years down the road. Well, COVID sped that up. When we went, what's next? It was like, well, I've been wanting to put my trainings digitally online. I've been, we've been wanting to build a training center. And my wife said, well, you're home. We've got the time. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) So we went through a lot of months of process, but then December 12th, we broke ground. And this morning, you were mentioning the um, roofers and that around your place. I've got um, all the trades are on our place because they're finishing off the um, stucco siding. They're getting ready to pour the concrete on the outside. The interior is almost complete. And I, in about a week, I get to move into my new office in my new wow. training center. Congratulations. And so yeah. those two words become so powerful to get young stuff. So that would be my advice. Okay. So what do you say to someone who whose program programming is 
what you described that, you know, you and I, and obviously many others have, have had happen to us. What do you do when you say what, you know, these four points that we just went over when the person says, yeah, I don't believe it. I don't think it, it can happen. I, I just don't see it. Not me, maybe someone else, but not me, you know, and yeah. it's not necessarily victim. It's more that programming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not, it's oh, not absolutely. poor me. So, okay, okay. Go ahead. It, it's, it's a lower self-esteem because they don't believe it's possible for them. And, and which comes from a lot of the programming. Um, this is where I'm a big believer in having a coach or a mentor in your life. Mm. Uh, you know, my book that you mentioned that's near my right ear over my shoulder, Success <laughs> Left a Clue. Um, the second step in my book is find a mentor or someone to model from. And if you look at it, one of the reasons people get stuck that I've discovered is from school, we're taught, figure it out on your own. Don't look at someone else's work that's cheating. Don't ask for help, that's cheating. And so when we come into the real world, even if we're given a system that's, a, if you do this, you'll get the success, our mind goes, but I can't, because if I do that, I'm cheating, and I want to be a good person. Mm -hmm. And so we don't even realize it's going on. It's going so deep in our subconscious. We don't even realize that record's playing over and over. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are the age, I could say, instead of record, I could say cassette tape or eight track, you know, right. yeah, over true. and over and over. And so... By having a mentor or a coach or someone in your life that's achieved what you want and to help you to the next step, that will cut out so much. And one of the things about a great coach, they will be the belief in you until you start believing in yourself. Mm, okay. So I'll say to my, because I've been blessed to train thousands of trainers around the world. And one of the things I say to them all the time, I see the greatness in you that you're not seeing. So let me be your cheering squad until you can authentically start to own it. Not out of ego, not out of arrogance, but owning it out of confidence. Yeah. That, you know what, I guess I do have value to give. And what people don't realize is this. If you're still drawing breath, you've got a reason to be on this planet right now. You have a gift to share. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of maybe looking into what is that gift. What is your passion? What is it you really, really enjoy and tap into that? Because so many people, they do what they think they have to do. And they forget to do what they love to do. Right. Well, Robert, I can't make money doing what I enjoy. How do you know? Well, Robert, haven't you heard of starving artists? Sure. See, yeah. and, and this is one of the things I get to do, Kai, that I, I love, is I get to tap into people and, and find out what their passion is. And then show them and brainstorm with them how to make money doing what they love. And when yeah. I get to do that with people, that brings me such great joy. Because you see that light go on in their eyes. And sometimes for the first time in years or decades. Because all of a sudden, they get a new way of thinking like, oh, I'd never thought of that. And so by giving them a new option and a new possibility, all of a sudden that life comes back into them. And that's you know, proof is the greatest cure for doubt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Personal proof, personal experience. I was, uh, I was having a conversation with someone just yesterday, actually trying to show them that, you know, working, trading time for money while that's, you know, with hourly wage, while that's great, 
if you don't work, then there's no money. You know, so I was trying to show them just on a simple level how in the beginning, you know, it makes a lot of sense to invest in capital because capital is something that can make you money, right? So it was interesting. I, I, you know, what you're describing when that spark goes off and the other person says, wow, I, I like your way of thinking. I thought that was a great way of saying, you know, hey, kudos, you know, thanks for bringing that. We'll see. I mean, I hope, you know, I, I know this person, so I'm hoping that they start to continue to build on this. I'm pretty sure they will. But yeah, I, I love that spark. That's a, that's a great thing when you can ignite that in someone else. And, and to help them understand, they don't have to um, say, oh, okay, well, Robert's telling me to do what I'm passionate about. So I'm going to quit my job that's making me the money and supporting my family. And I'm going to go full on in this. No, transition. Mm -hmm. yep. Start doing it. Start learning it. Start making some money at it. And then when it gets to a level where you know by letting go of the job or what's been making you money to follow what you're truly passionate about, you'll know when it's time. You'll mm -hmm. feel when it's time. But so many people think it's got to be an all or nothing. So they end up choosing the nothing. And, yes. yeah. and you know, I, I, another one of my mentors, I love what he said. He says, you earn a living from nine to five, but you create your life from five till nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so what are you doing in an extra couple hours a day? Well, Robert, I'm already too busy. I, I have no energy. I hear that a lot, Kai. And, and here's my mm. response. There's a difference between being busy and being productive. And so many people, especially when they're stressed out, they're, they get good at being very, very busy. But when you learn that, like I, I take and I, I block out what I call my um, focus times. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in a focus time, what I can accomplish in two hours of focus time can outdo eight hours of busy time. Mm -hmm. And all yep. of a sudden, when you realize that, you can actually free up more time. And so that's why like, I now live by my calendar on my phone. Because the first thing I, I program into my calendar before anything else is I focus in, because I talk about this in, my, in the four phases of life that people go through, is the balance pieces. The things that give me balance, allow me to rejuvenate. Because you cannot give what you don't have. And one of the reasons people struggle, especially emotionally, is they're so emotionally drained because they've never given themselves permission to take care of themselves. And, it, yep. and they go, well, Robert, but isn't that being selfish? No, that's not. Well, isn't that being self-centered? No, it's being centered in self mm. and realizing mm. that if I take care of me, even just a little bit, then I can give my gift to more people and I'm not as burnt out. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the, the nine to five, unfortunately, it's, it's rarely nine to five. It's probably more like seven to eight because you got to get ready. Then you got to commute then you got to commute back home. You got to try and shed the day, which for the most part, you can't, you're just postponing. It's, it's pause until the next day when you pick it back up, it's already waiting for you. Uh, it's, exactly. uh, it, it's tough. This, but again, you know, I, I think this is a lot, I, I, you know, and I love it. I, I would love to pick this up on another day where we talk about the fear of success, maybe, because I think that's also mm -hmm. part of what keeps people really small. Absolutely. So, you know, let's, let's, let's summarize one more time. So today we talked about four ideas, you know, to be more gentle with yourself, 
And what comes up for me when I hear that is self-talk. I've done a couple of episodes on that and how how good we are at negative self-talk. <laughs> We're masters of passion. Yeah. Pro. <laughs> yeah, we berate ourselves really well. You know, it's interesting. So and then you talk about vulnerability and. You know, I've studied uh, Brene Brown quite a bit in her work on vulnerability. And I mean, it's, A, it's classic. And B, wow, in, in her TED talk where she says, look, show me, she was talking about men, you know, in relationships. And she goes, show me a man that's vulnerable and I'll show you a man that's done the work. That's, that's one of my, I, I love that line, you know. And Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can't be vulnerable if you haven't done the work. And of course, you know, those who know, know that, right? <laughs> and um I love the uh, growth minded people and yeah, cause I mean, masterminds, right. It's always like-minded people and you're all stuck in the same damn place, you know, commiserating, preaching to the choir. Oh, if I only had, you know, a hundred more people buying whatever, blah, blah, blah. And no one's able to give you an answer. Cause you're all basically at the top of your level of that game, whatever that is. And you're all patting each other on the back, but nobody's willing to see it. I will say from my own perspective, it can be a little daunting to go to someone who's ahead of you and say, Hey, you know, and cause I mean, then you might have to throw down some money, which of course nothing wrong with that either. But, but, but here's the thing though, Kai, notice where your mind just went. Your mind went to, it's daunting to go to someone who's greater than you or better than you. So this is one of the things that holds people back emotionally is thinking See, that's our mind that puts other people on pedestals. Mm-hmm. That's our mind that says that person's better than me. And one of the things I love to do when I'm on a stage, within the first 10 minutes, I'll come down off the stage. I'll find someone in the audience that I know is tall. I'll walk up to him and I say, can you help me out for a moment? And I have him stand up. I stand beside him. I look at the camera so the jumble screen show it. And I, want, I say to the audience, I want you to notice something. I am short. And I usually get the chuckle, the laugh from the audience, right? <laughs> and I thank the person, have them sit down. And I say to him, I say, why did I want to point that out to you? And the reason is, is, I say, because I'm up on that stage, does that mean I'm better than you? No. Does it mean I'm greater than you? No. Now, is it possible I might know something you don't know? Okay, that's possible. But isn't it also true you know things I don't know? And you see that awareness hit their faces like, ah, see, like, I can learn a lot from you about horses, as an example, just from our conversation and what you were talking about with the horses and that, I know I can learn a lot from you because my knowledge of horses is very, very little. I love horses and that's about as big as my knowledge goes. So (laughs) when we think that someone's better than us, then all of a sudden we're now emotionally putting ourselves into, then I'm inferior. Mm. And we wonder why we start to beat ourselves up. Yeah. So when, when, I, when I tell people about finding a coach or mentor, one of the things I recommend is find someone who's in alignment with your beliefs. Don't go to someone that you think, oh, they're going to make me a lot of money because they're successful. If you can't, if you can't, you don't like the person that they are, then don't be a coach student of theirs or a mentee of theirs because you're going to have that internal battle. Because you're going to be fighting going, well, I like their principles, but I don't like them as a person. Because then your, your subconscious is going to go, well, if I'm going to get that success, that means I probably have to become like them. And you wonder why you don't put it in place. Mm. 
Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh yeah. 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 And, and again, you know, that probably is a loop like we talked about earlier. That's probably just a loop from somewhere when we were younger, you know, somebody told us, I, yeah, absolutely. I heard, I heard yeah. quite a bit. I can tell you it's interesting. I heard in my developmental years quite a bit, tone it down and, you know, be smaller basically, because I, I guess I didn't even realize it. I was too big at that. You know, I mean, I, I'm not a big guy, but I, I bring energy to the game. And I guess that was seen as egotistical as being too much, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I understand it, but interesting, interestingly enough, that comes in, in my analysis of it, that came from people who themselves were small and had to tell someone else to back down so that they didn't lose yes. their place, you know? Yes. But, yeah. That's exactly it. And that's why I say when you, when you live your greatness, as Eons, my friend Les Brown says, you know, you have greatness in you. When you live your greatness, it becomes out of confidence, not arrogance. Mm. And, and the people that tend to be arrogant are the ones that are trying to prove something. They're trying to make themselves look bigger because of why? They've got their own self-doubt. They've mm. got their own emotional crap that's going on. And they're going, well, the way to do this, I'm going to cover it up by just being outrageously outgoing and, and I'm going to show people I'm better than them. And all it is is a coping mechanism. So... When you look at, okay, here's who I am. Am I going to be able to connect and help everybody? No. Am I okay with that? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because now <laughs> you get out of the people-pleasing mode as well, right? Yes. When you're you, there's going to be people that like you. There's going to be people that don't like you. If they like you, that's awesome. If they don't like you, <laughs> because there's 8 billion people on the planet. Yeah, that's right. And you're not going to get everybody like you. And so why not connect with the people and give your time to the people that love you for who you are, not who they think you should be. Mm -hmm. And when you start having a mindset like that, what that will do to release the emotional weight off of your shoulders yeah. is very powerful. Yeah, I love it, man. You're freeing me up, my band. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll go to the fourth point and I think that'll draw this to a close, which was what's next. So <laughs> what's next for us is I'd like you to tell the audience about your book, about your trainings, whatever it is that they can do to get a hold of you. So, and part two of that, I'll be sharing that in the show notes, you know, through the links as to what it is, if they want to grab your book or if they want to contact you or sign up for something that you offer one of your services. So, um, what do you have for us? Yeah, well, as a gift, what I'd love is my first book, Success Without the Clue, which has now been out for four years, is if as a gift for me being on your show, I'd love for all your listeners to be able to get the ebook version of it as our gift to them. Oh, nice. And so the way that'll work is if they just if they just go to SLAC for success left a clue. <laughs> So slac.rocks, so R-O-C-K-S, and okay. forward slash book, they'll be able to download the ebook uh, um, for no cost. And But I will warn them, though, Kai, mm. that book is not a book to just read. It's a workbook. Because step three in my book, in the six steps I teach in it, is action. Most people, the reason they struggle is they don't take action. So I designed a book where I'm giving action steps all the way through it. And I'll even say... Here's your action step. 
do not continue reading until you've completed this. And then the next chapter starts with, did you complete what I, the last step? If not, stop reading now, go back and complete that step. Because nice. I, I want people to not just read it and then put it up on the shelf and it becomes shelf health. I want them to actually <laughs> take the actions and actually design the life that they want, right? Shelf so. health. You're killing me, man. That's awesome. <laughs> shelf health. I got to write that down. <laughs> As you notice, I like to have fun. Oh, yeah. I, I believe... I believe there's way too many serious people on the planet yeah, and life's too sure. short not to enjoy life. Right. Yeah. And look, even with what you were telling me about the horse that you and your wife have been treating, even giving it that energy of, we want you around, mm -hmm. you know, people go, well, a horse isn't going to understand that bullshit. That's you right. know, they're absorbing your energy, positive or negative. Yep. And so when you're sitting there and I'm lit up again from you telling, sharing that with me, <laughs> Because when you're sharing that energy with them of like, look, we're here. We're not willing to give up on you. We want you to be around. And then you see that light start to come back in that horse's eyes when it just realizes, okay, there is, I, I am going to decide to push through and live. Mm -hmm. how, how much better does it get than that? No, that's, you, you got it. Spot on. And I mean, it's quiet. It's presence. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, what, uh, what about some of your, uh, workshops or anything? Is there something somebody can sign up for that or? Yeah. If they follow me on my fan page on Facebook, okay. if they just put, you know, um, Google Robert Riopel in Facebook, they'll see my fan page. Um, I, my new book that I'm writing called the authority key. I actually um, do some, uh, trainings on it where I do it like a two hour introductory training for no cost. And they'll be able to find out about that there. And um, yeah, because I'm loving helping people take whatever job or business they're in, learning how to become an authority so that they can actually, uh, here's how I sum it up, Kai. Have you ever noticed there's people that seem to have the same knowledge and experience as you or less, yet they make more money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason is, is because they're perceived as an authority mm. where maybe you're not. And so there's practical skills of being seen as an authority. But what I really tap into is, the inner skills. What is it that's in your mind that's blocking you from being and, and believing in yourself, taking that step. So I really work on the inner cleansing of people to say, you know what, I can be an authority in my field. Even if I'm not perfect yet, what's one step I can take. So I love working with people on that. Uh, it's brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think for today we can, uh, we can wrap this up. Is there anything else you'd like to share? What I love to let people know is two things. One, the greatest gift I believe anybody can give the world is to be themselves. And two, always live with passion. There you go. You got it. All right. Wow. This has been absolutely wonderful. So thank you again, Robert Riopel, for being on the podcast. And uh, to my listeners, uh, it's another amazing episode, you know, that we were gifted with. So I hope you really get some value from this. I know I have. So thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Thank you, Robert. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, thank you for sharing your time with us today. We would like to know what your thoughts are on today's topic. Please join the conversation on www.kyennis.com and at Instagram at Way of the Emotional Warrior. So have a great day and be well.